This is a 98FM podcast. Today was the day, people. It was the day. After much hype, the personal insolvency guidelines were announced today by the Justice Minister, Alan Shatter, and the Insolvency Service of Ireland. It's a great name, isn't it? The idea is to get people out of debt so that they can get on with their lives and to prevent them from going bankrupt. Okay, so that is the idea. The controversial idea that a mother or father would have to give up their job if they earned less than crash fees has been dropped. Yes, that is gone. But there are plenty of other things to get your head around. Like, if you're a single person and you apply for this, you will be allotted five euro a month to spend on phone credit. You can also have a basic internet connection. I'm reading right here. Um, an internet dongle or wireless connection at 4.69 per week, per week. There you go. Uh, Households will have to give up private health insurance, which to me sounds as though protecting your health has become a luxury. It's very strange. And if there is a house in the area that you can rent cheaper than the cost of your house repayments, you will have to move. I'm very serious. And these are just a few of the rules. The bill is 50 pages long and I am still getting my head around it. But one of my favourite bits was this. The rules say that a reasonable standard of living does not mean that a person should live at a luxury level, but neither does it mean that a person should only live at subsistence level. Wait for it. It should be reasonable for a person to have clothes for different occasions and to be able to go to the cinema or watch TV and buy a book or read a newspaper. That should be reasonable, everyone. You should be able to read a newspaper. Um, So I think that that's interesting, to say the least. So we're asking tonight, we have to ask you tonight, is it right that people should have to live by these rules if they are in debt. Is it right that people should have to live by these rules if they are in debt? Uh, the number is 53981 or else you can low call 1850-229898 to get in contact with me right now. Um, I think we've got someone on the line, but unfortunately my screen has gone entirely blank, but we'll sort that out in just one second. As we go through the night, I do have the reams of paper in front of me as to what people are are allowed to do but I'm just not too sure oh thank you Riyad hello Riyad um, I'm, you can ask and we'll find out but we will have a legal expert on the show a little bit later on explaining to us what is in fact going on I'm going to say hello right now though to Glenn Glenn how are you hi I'm here okay Glenn we've got personal insolvency in Ireland how do you feel about this today uh it's another one of the, the, the big spin now for the government over the next few days. Um, the insolvency service, huh? It's uh, it, my personal view on it. It's two things. One, it's encouraging people to go bankrupt, and the second thing is that it's a debtor's prison in the confines of your own home. A debtor's prison in the confines of your own home. Explain that a little bit further for me, Glenn. Well, we say in the in, in the in the in, in the 18th and 19th century, if you declared yourself bankrupt or if you owed money, you were sent to prison, yeah. and you were up to six months, six years, whatever, or you might have been, you know, sent abroad. Obviously, they're not going to send people to prison anymore for own vast sums of money. So instead, what they're going to do is they're going to keep you in your home. So you're not going to have enough to buy clothes. 
You're not going to have money to, to, to use the phone. You're not going to have money for the internet. You're not going to have money for private health insurance. And on that point, that puts an extra strain on the government because everyone's on the public system then. This is one thing that really upset me today when I saw that people would have to get, if they sign up to this, and 20,000 people are expected to do this in the next year, if people sign up to this, they will have to get rid of their private health insurance, which seems to me, as it is, we do have a two-tier system, even though we have a public health service. It seems to me that healthcare is becoming a luxury in this country, which is just horrible. Well, everything's a luxury in this country now. Like putting clothes on your back or... There's another one where you're only allowed to spend five euros a day per adult. Five euros. Glenn, are you still there? Yeah. Five Five euros per day per adult for... Now, just in context, that's 35 euros a week to feed yourself. Yes. Now... These these sort of measures, obviously, I'm sitting here trying to trying to get my head around it um, as to what's happening today. Glenn, do you think anyone would be mad to sign up to this? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, first of all, to, to be eligible for the scheme, you you must not have debts that are in excess of two hundred twenty uh, two hundred twenty thousand euros, um, because the guys who have more more debt than that uh, don't have to pay it because we've already paid it for them. Um, you know, it's draconian. It's encouraging people to go bankrupt. You know, like, uh, the elephant in the room here is that the mortgage crisis isn't being addressed. There's 170,000 people with mortgage crisis in the country at the moment. There's the same amount, if not more, uh, people who their houses are worth less than what they paid for. And... The problem we have here is the massive reduction in wages across the board, not just, you know, in the private sector, but the vast majority of public servants have also taken massive hits in their wages. Now, I'm not talking about the higher echelons of government or any of that, or the high-paid civil servants, but the guys have taken massive pay cuts. And, you know, so people have left me. People, their first priority is their mortgage, is a secured debt. So, so all the money's going into the mortgage. They don't have any money to pay their credit cards, to pay their car loan. The car gets taken off them. Uh, now they don't have money to go to work. You know, they, you know, it, it, it's just adding another snowball. Glenn, are are you in debt? I think, Pardon? I think everyone is in debt. Are you in am debt? I, uh, am I in debt? Yeah. Hello. Hello, Glenn. Can you hear me? Okay, we lost Glenn there. Um, Everything seems to be going wrong tonight, which isn't very nice. Glenn thinks that this is absolutely mad, uh, what is happening here, and that it's encouraging people to go bankrupt. This insolvency bill is meant to keep people away from bankruptcy. But an awful lot of the things is quite strange. If you're a single person, if if I had to sign up to this, um, I would be allowed to spend roughly €11,100 a year. €11,100 a year. A year. So that's less than one grand a month. And when you think that's for your food, that's for your electricity, that's for your heating, that's for your car if you have one. One of the things that is in this is that if you live reasonably near public transport and uh, you're a single person, you don't have kids, uh, you have to get rid of your car. You'd have to get rid of your car if you live near reasonable 
transport. But another one of the questions about all of this is, is it the people's obligation who have this debt? Should they have to pay it off? Do you think that if you have this debt that you should have to pay it off? 53981 or local 1850-229898. John, welcome to 98FM. What do you think about this new bill? Well, I'll tell you what it is. You see, what's our biggest problem was we all sure became developers and gone into NAMA and we'd be allowed about 2000 a week to live on, such as uh, Derek Quinlevins and uh, Bernard McNamara's and all these other people to help them solve the problem that we created. Unfortunately, the average person in this country didn't do that. They had nothing to do with the creation of this problem. The banks and the developers and the fat cat politicians and fat cat mandarins created this problem. But they're all out on their 3,000 a year pensions or 3,000 a week pensions, etc., etc. And their situation is, we don't give a damn whether you like it or not. We're off on, 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 on a nice little happy roundabout situation like Enda Kenny 60 odd years of age he has a pension coming to him about 140 Noonan is 69 he has a pension of about 140 uh, you go right okay. to the they don't give a damn John, they're going to they're going to facilitate Angela Merkel every which way they can ok John I understand that and I know that it's it's <clears> horrible <throat> to think of you know, a politician who's got, you know, their phone bill can be whatever it is. They get a 175 uh, a week or a month for a phone and someone will have to be on five euro a month. But do you think that people who did get into the individuals in this country who got into debt, who are in debt now, that it is their obligation to pay it back? They did sign on to get these loans. They did. They did. Yeah. But the finance because it was aided and abetted by the government and the banks at the time who were throwing things at you. For instance, banks were throwing credit cards at you. They were throwing loans at you. I'll give you a very good example. I went into a bank. Uh, sorry, I met a banker who I knew quite well, who, was, who hasn't been in the headlines for a while, but is supposed to be charged in a court of law fairly soon. And he asked me how I was going to change my car. I said, probably an excellent. What are you going to get? How much do you need? I'll go in and see... Uh, Kathleen in, in the office and she'll organise it for you. No such thing as how much you're earning, what do you pay, how much can you pay back, how long do you need it for? No such thing as that. Just throw the money at me. Oh, you need a new car? There, go on, get it. There's, and by the way, I 100% agree that it was completely flahoolock with the money and there weren't the right checks and balances in place. Yeah. I do agree with that. But again, a bank's job is to make money. That's what they yes, were doing exactly. and they were making here's, here's a lot of issue. money. Here's the real issue, here's the real issue. Banks charge interest, okay? Yeah. That's how to make the money. Now, the reality is, I set up a factory manufacturing toilet bowls. And I get you and 10 other people to invest 1 million each in it. And I run it in a reckless fashion. The same as Sean Fitzpatrick and uh, Eugene Sheehan and these people ran their banks. And it goes down the toilet. Right? Yeah. Can I go along to the government and say, listen, do you tax these people so as my shareholders can get their money back? Or my, my whatever? They were in their tail ends. I can 100... I, by the way, I really like the metaphor. It was very, very... I know, that was, that was specifically <laughs> picked for that reason. But right, can they, will, will they do that? No, so right, banks were private companies. You, me, and people like us never got a cent out of this bank. We paid to use their services. They were making a profit. They charged us interest, which was supposed to make a profit for them and also to cover risk. Yeah. Where's the risk factor here? Well, that's the problem. Where, where is the risk factor? There is no risk because it's like the local... Property tax calls local property tax. It's Angela Merkel's bank tax. End of story. Well, John, do you think then that people they're expecting twenty thousand in the first year to apply for this? Do you think yeah. that people should, if they can possibly, leave and just go and file for bank- bankruptcy in the UK? 
Well, Ben Dunn, I listened to him there last week, and he was absolutely brilliant. He made a suggestion. If young people, especially young people with no children, okay, they bought a house for 450 Yeah. And it's worth maybe 150 now. They have no chance of getting out of this. They're going to carry this debt for night for the next 35 years, try and get a family under their way, etc., etc. They're better off to just throw the keys of the house to the bank, drive up as far as Newry, set themselves up there. Mm. And for a very small investment, I believe I heard somebody saying it's about 5000 they'll come back 15 months later. Yeah, it can, be, it, it, it can be between one and three years, but normally it's one. And no, in the UK, it's 15 months average. And um, sure, well, here, here's that's Ray Graham. Ray, Ray Graham ran a construction company here. He, he was one of the guys. He bought, I think, the veterinary college. Ray Graham is back in business clean as a whistler. He went to the UK. Bernard McNamara is back in business clean as a whistler. Yeah. He went to the UK. That's what they have. And legally, they are allowed to do that. Um, so yeah, so they had the means. Joe, Joe, so also is, is, is little Joe and little Mary and little whatever. Yeah. The little people can do it also. Oh. And that's what Ben Dunn was saying. If you have no commitments here, family-wise, and, other, and you can up six and suffer 15 months of a little bit of discomfort, you get out of 13 months, or three, 30 years of being crucified on the drip was his words. 53981 or local 1850 If you are someone who has a family and it looks like now you may have to either give up one of your cars or if there is a rental accommodation where you are that's cheaper than what your home is, you would have to move. What do you make of this personal insolvency bill that we have just been handed today? 1850 9898. Obviously, you 100% do not approve of this. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, John. But do you th- I think it's a total joke. It's a total joke. The reality is, Enda Kenny got into power on the basis that we are not paying another cent to Anglo Bank, Anglo Irish Bank. Uh, Eamon Gilmore got in on the basis that it'll be Labour's way, not Frankfurt's way. What's happened? It's Frankfurt's way, right down the thing, and we've given Anglo Irish Bank thirty-two billion euro. I think sometimes when you get into a job and think that you're going to be able to do everything and you can't do anything, your hands are tied. Well, hang on. well have you read, have you read, I'll tell you what, there's a guy there who's, who's actually came from the private sector and he was in the top level. I actually happen to know him. Stephen Donnelly. Did you ever read his articles? Stephen Donnelly, yes, I love Stephen. Yeah. Stephen Donnelly Sorry, worked for McKinsey, which is one of the biggest worldwide consult- uh, consultancy companies on the globe. Yeah. Right? Stephen Donnelly came back and said, okay, like what I said, you burn the bondholders. George Soros is on record as saying, burn the bondholders. George Soros, one of the richest men in the world. <laughs> burn yeah, the bondholders. And these, these, but instead of we had a situation back in 2008, we give a guarantee to the bondholders. But the horse which is, makes the horse sovereign is, debt. The horse has bolted from that stable now, unfortunately. I know, but the whole point bolted. is, the whole point is, we're still in the position. We, and Angela Merkel, scared shitless, excuse my French, but she is scared shitless that we will bring the Eurozone down. We can do it. Angela, here's the story. We're not paying. We want this special deal. We want these things. We want serious cutbacks on these things. We want serious shaving off on our debts. Other than that, we will bring the Eurozone down. She's scared of our wits because they will be big. If the Euro is down the tubes, they're the biggest losers. Well, they certainly are. And obviously, they have uh, guaranteed an awful lot of sovereign debt themselves. Listen, John, it's been a pleasure to- talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. 53981 or local 1850229898. Should people have to live by these rules if they are in debt, the personal solvency rules that we have been handed today? And Is there someone who thinks that if you took out a loan, you're in over your head now, that it's your own fault? 
and if you're looking for a debt write-off, that it shouldn't be up to people who didn't take out these loans to help bail you out. 53981 is the text number. Michael, welcome to 98FM. Um, were you shocked when you saw this person on solvency bill today? Well, yeah, again, it's, it's a two-way thing because before the boom, the banks and the building societies allowed you to borrow two and a half times your wages. And if your wife was working, I think it was uh, 1% more or one and a quarter. So they said that the mortgage that an average family can carry, you know, as an expenditure mm. was uh, within that, that ream. Then they went and two and a half was blown out. It went to five times your wages. Some of them were saying, oh, you have a, an empty room. We'll give you six times your wages. So what they should do is go back to the bank individually, sit down with the bank manager and say, how much did you um, allow me? And if it was over two and a half times your wages, then the expenditure is on their side that they, they pushed you or allowed you to actually borrow more than what you could actually afford. Okay, so... That's a very simple way to do it. And it, again... Would it be it akin to the idea, Michael, that people are saying, stop valuing houses at 2006 prices at the moment yeah. and value them as they are in today's market? Oh, I would value them at the, at the rate of your, your wage against um, the, the cost of the house. So the, the rule of thumb was two and a half times your wages, and that's people could, would have money then for spending, mortgages or, or pension funds and everything else. But they, the banks had just shot it back up. And for myself, I just had a mo, mo, modest mortgage, and I kept getting phone calls from TSB inviting me into their lovely offices in College Green to borrow more money, even when I didn't want to borrow any money. Did you take them up on the offer? Did not. Good <laughs> man yourself. Um, my wife works for the um, the Bank of Ireland, and at the time of, the, we'll say, 26, 27, 28, the banks were allowing tele-sales to uh, offer up to €500 Euro, uh, uh, loans on, like unattached to anything, whether the person had uh, any money or had any other loans or no references Mm. Uh, over the phone so they just pour the money out and now 53981 were you one of those people that was offered without references over the phone and what do you think now if you can let us know I realise that they are in a business now I know that 1.43 million households right this is a statistic in 2006 they were worth 52 sorry 526 billion by 2011 that was 289 billion right so it's gone down a huge amount the fact is though michael that people did take out these loans that they willingly did this and unfortunately the bubble did burst and i realize that they were led down the garden path but is it a situation of you know, you're not taking any, oh, well, you know, Timmy took um, ecstasy, so I took it, and, you know, it's not my fault. Yeah, well, it was you know? the, banks, the, bank, the banks were offering the money, and they should have been doing the risk assessment. Like, you know, if, they're, the, if the house is 400000 and you're only earning 25000 a year or twenty seven, that was too much for, for the wage that you actually had. But they were, they were still giving these mortgages out. So what, what could you do? You know, if you started a family or you wanted to buy a home, you were stuck in the middle of this, scenario where the house prices was rise, rising and every time the, the, the builders put it up the banks put, uh, allowed you to borrow more money that's why we should have ha- which we hadn't got during the Fianna Fáil with their soft landing and the regulator you know who played golf rather than done his, done his job that's where it all started and there was no soft landing when you came to that amount of money 
Nobody could have afforded that. And there was no way that any economy could just keep growing the way it was. Do you think that people will declare bankruptcy rather than live by these rules? I prefer, if it was my uh, hope, I'm not in that position, but I think you'd be prepared to do that is actually a better option. Seriously, be prepared to go bankrupt. Yeah, well, if it, it's, the, in the UK, my sister worked with um, Lloyd's uh, in, uh, not, oh God, what was it? One of the English banks, anyway, in the early 80s, 82. Yeah. And she was there with 15 people, all auctioneers, that qualified MIAVI, repossessing houses where the English just left the keys and left the house. Oh, they did. I know of a many an Irish person out of them. Yes, just walked out of them and drove. And uh, they decided that they just couldn't afford it. So... You know, for, this is a smaller country. What they should have to do is go back on, on assessment and just see how much more the banks had, had allowed people to borrow versus what they could actually pay. That's, I mean, that would be the key to it. Well, it's um, interesting suggestions. Uh, no one's saying that people have to take culpability for their own actions in signing for these loans. Michael, thank you so much for joining me on the show tonight. Um, I'm now joined by Nolene Blackwell of the Free Legal Advice Centre, FLAC. Nolene, welcome to the show. Sorry, that is entirely my fault. Nolene, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Um, great. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, Nolene, it's been a very busy day for you, I can imagine. This, yeah. What is your overview of this situation? All right. So, so what has come out today is, first of all, general information about what insolvency will entail. And there's a website and um, a telephone helpline and there are these guidelines. And they're all part of the insolvency structures. So in 2012, um, the Doyle and the Shannon passed legislation saying that there would be schemes for insolvency. Mm-hmm. Now, to avail of these schemes, you have to be able to show that you're not able to meet your debts in full. And if you're not able to meet your debts in full, then you can apply to be registered as insolvent. And indeed, you can apply to register to become a bankrupt as well. But let's just deal with the insolvencies. And the the sort of the bottom line on that is you're saying to uh, the insolvency service, I simply cannot pay all of my debts as they fall due. Therefore, I want my creditors to enter into an insolvency arrangement with me and on the basis of that, I'll pay as much as I can over five or six or seven years, depending on the scheme that you're talking about, sometimes even just three years. And at the end of that, I will be able to walk away from the rest of my debts. So it really only applies to quite a small number of people. And that's the people who are never going to be able to repay their debts or restructure it in the foreseeable future and they need some of their debt written off. And this, these guidelines that were issued today were issued in that context. They're issued in the context that creditors are going to be taking a hit. So if, if the bank is owed, if you owe the bank money, if you owe other creditors money and you apply to become insolvent, uh, they will say, well, how much are we going to get mm-hmm. out of this? And in calculating that, the creditor, for the first time ever in Ireland, is going to have to take into account that people have to have reasonable living expenses. Now, you mentioned a few of them there at the start, the mobile phone, um, the, the, the car in an urban area and health insurance. And in relation to all of these guidelines, 
their minimum guidelines. So, for instance, the, the insolvency serve, or a personal insolvency practitioner might say, well, why do you need a car in an urban area? Well, the reason I need a car is that I have an elderly mother that I'm taking to hospital appointments every second day, or I have three small children who can't get to school without it. You know, you can, you can adjust these guidelines. They are only minimum guidelines. But what they do for people why, why Flack thinks they're a good idea is for the first time ever, it is recognised that people have to have, sometimes they have to have a car and sometimes they even have to have two cars if they're in a rural area. The, people have to have some money for uh, servicing their boiler, which is the one I bring up the whole time. There's an allowance for that kind of household expense. There is um, an allowance for health care. Now, I personally think uh, that you should that nobody should be questioning health insurance in a country where health insurance is often very necessary. Yeah. But you may have to justify that. So what what it is though is setting some basic standards. It's saying you don't have to if you're going into one of these arrangements for five or six or seven years, you have to be able to live during that time. You will need um, clothes for a child during that period. You can't be expected to give every cent that you own to your creditor. Um, and you should only be expected to give your creditors what uh, what is there after you keep aside a very, very modest low income. And this is very, this is a tough regime. This is not easy. And Nolene, I understand that a lot of people, it, it seems like a very tough regime, but 20,000 people are expected to apply for it in the next year. If you agree to take this hit and live a very tough life for three, five, ten years, and then afterwards your creditors write off this debt, who is taking that hit? Is it, the say, for example, a bank on a mortgage or will taxpayers be forced to pay some of this? Well, well, no, it, it will pretty well be the creditors. It, under these schemes, it won't be the taxpayer unless the very worst comes to the past comes to pass and we find that the banks don't have enough uh, from the money we've given them already. But for the most part, it is creditors. It's done on, on the basis that somebody gave somebody else money, which they can't now repay. And until now, people, the borrower effectively has, has had the sole responsibility and in a case like this, uh, once the insolvency scheme comes in, there will be a better recognition that it took two to tango. So if the borrower borrowed too much, then the bank lent too much as well. Now, the schemes are fairly complicated. So yes. on occasion, they will try and keep people's family homes as well. Uh, but while while. 10 or 15,000 people might become insolvent and certainly that was the kind of figure that the minister was talking about today Minister Shatter was saying uh, that that might be the figure but nobody actually knows because nobody knows who's going for insolvency these guidelines are valuable to a, a greater number of people in our view in FLAC because an awful lot of people aren't trying to become insolvent or bankrupt. What they're trying to do is restructure their debt. And in flat, we hear a lot of people saying that banks are looking for too much from them. 
they're not allowing for the fact that children are growing up that they have or that they have special health expenses mm-hmm. or that uh, they have a leaky roof that absolutely has to be fixed if the house is to, to remain habitable. So we are saying that even though they're designed for insolvency, and would have to be adapted for people who are just trying to renegotiate their loans. At least it gives some basic standard for saying, look, the insolvency service recognises that people have all these other expenses as well. So, So while we might complain about some of them, And while we recognise that it's an an awful imposition to ask people to live at that level for maybe 60 or 72 months, you know, it's a long time to be in a scheme like that. Uh, At the same time, we are... We are happier that they're there than not, because until now, um, we were coming across a lot of lenders who were saying, give us every cent you have beyond the need to put basic food on the table. Um, and that now, I think, will be mitigated a little bit. 53981 one to get in contact with us here um, at 98FM this weekend, this uh, night. I'm speaking to Nolene Blackwell from FLAC about um, the guidelines that were published today regarding personal insolvency. Now, I'm assuming, Nolene, that if someone's circumstances change during this time, say they get a better paying job or whatever, the banks will look at that and they will change and restructure it. In the in the opposite way, does it work? As you mentioned there, if someone's pipes burst, is it yeah. malleable in order to change it? Um, yeah. So is that they can kind of go, listen, this has happened. I need this money this month. Or we all know that the banks have a veto where they can say, you've broken the rules. Yeah. Well, the veto will kick in immediately because the big, big flaw, I mean, we're talking a lovely theoretical arrangement where everybody is playing ball. Uh, But the problem with all the insolvency arrangements that are proposed is that the major creditor can veto it. Um, Now, the Minister for Justice doesn't like flack uh, calling it a veto. Uh, They say, oh, it's just an agreement between two people. But the truth is that if a person proposes an arrangement, the, the major creditor can veto it. So that's a real problem. But that in, is over a huge the, problem. It is know. a huge... Uh, we think it's a huge problem because it leaves all of the power with the lender. Yeah. Um, and, and the borrower doesn't have any power to... Um, if, if the borrower says, I'm putting forward a totally reasonable arrangement and the bank doesn't agree with it, then the bank can still say no. So what we're doing is, yet again, we're hoping that the banks will do the decent thing and play ball. And I think a lot of our listeners are laughing listening to that right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, you know, you t- we, we've a bit of history with um, hoping that our lenders will play ball all along the way. Look, maybe this time Flack and, you know, the 98FM listeners and the general public will all be amazed and surprised with the, you know, generosity of the banks and the rest. <laughs> I suppose there is an incentive. If, if these uh, guidelines aren't accepted, if, um, if banks don't enter into insolvency arrangements, then the, the threat is that people might become bankrupt and they've no great control over that. Yeah. However, we, we think that's like that's like kind of saying let's not make peace because you know there might be a nuclear war it's 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 not a great it's no solution mm-hmm. going bankrupt is a filthy dirty expensive business that nobody wants to go 
through because they're left with nothing at the end of the day. Well, surprisingly, so, a lot of our, our listeners are advocating it, but not. But I'm just wondering, Nolene, what does happen? If someone breaks these rules, if, yeah. if the banks think they've broken the rules. Yeah, and actually we're we're quite concerned, in fact, that people will break the rules because people, you know, people with the best will in the world say it's like starting a diet at the beginning of the year or yeah. any New Year's resolution. You're, you genuinely mean to keep to all of the rules all along. And then for some reason or another, you get exhausted or something happens and you break the rules. And we think that will happen. There is something built in. These arrangements will be reviewed on an annual basis. But the trouble is, if somebody enters into one of these arrangements and then breaks the rule, they are committing an act of bankruptcy and uh, there are there are terrible consequences coming from that. So insolvency arrangements will have to be entered into with great care. We in FLAC would say they're too long. Um, the experience all over the rest of Europe is that they've had to pull back the time for insolvency arrangements because people aren't able to keep the commitment that they genuinely mean at the outset. But I suppose we've never had insolvency arrangements in Ireland and even to this day as as I'm speaking to you this Thursday night the laws in relation to bankruptcy in Ireland were really written in the time of Charles Dickens. So we have no real experience of working it. Our guess in FLAC is that in a couple of years' time, they will have to pull back the length of time because it's too long. It's, it's too hard to anticipate six or seven years into the future. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's the scheme. We made all of those points. But if people, bre- if people enter into these arrangements and break the rules, the consequences are extremely serious for them. Uh, it's, it's, is it bankruptcy? Forced bankruptcy? It is bankruptcy. And, um, and it is all of the um, arrangements that were made back along the way where interest was frozen on debts and all of the rest of it, all of that will go by the board. So there will be an awful lot of there will be an awful lot of thought have to be put into these. Now, I, I will say this. People who are going for insolvency will at least have assistance from a personal insolvency practitioner. They'll have to hire uh, a personal insolvency practitioner or they'll have to go to NABS and they'll have to think the whole thing through. Yeah. Which brings me to my other huge complaint at the moment based on what we're hearing in FLAC. And this is where people aren't going uh, for an insolvency solution, where they just want to renegotiate their mortgage to make it payable over say a longer period or where they need maybe to write down a bit of the debt but can pay a lot of their debt. In those cases there is no expert assistance available to people unless they're lucky enough to have a MABS advisor working on their behalf or they can pay for it. And of course the truth is they can't pay they for can't it. because pay for it. Yeah. If they could pay for it they wouldn't be in the position they're in right now. So what's absolutely crucial and what is entirely missing is a scheme of um, expert legal and financial information available to people as they go into negotiations with the banks. The banks are commercial organisations whose job is to get back as much money as they can. Borrowers are going in to talk to them at a time when they're under huge stress and their family home is at risk and they go in with no 
uh, no support. Like in flat now, we, we try to help people a little bit, but our system simply isn't geared for representing people and helping them through that negotiation. Yeah. And neither is anybody else. New Beginning tries a little, Phoenix Project tries a little, but none of these are anything like the level of support that's needed. And people are walking in and they're being asked to make really Huge difficult, yeah. sophisticated um, solutions and they haven't they haven't a notion what they're doing and it's it's only adding to their stress. Well, Nolene, I think it's going to be a very interesting few days, certainly for you guys in FLAC. Thank you so much for joining me this, this evening. That was Nolene Blackwell from FLAC, which is, of course, the Free Legal Advice Centre and um, cautiously optimistic about this is what FLAC are. They think it is the best solution to what's going on in this country. 53981. What do you think? Paul, welcome to 98FM. What do you think of our new personal insolvency here in Ireland? How's it going? Uh, just one thing I wanted to uh, comment on. You know the way um, there's free legal aid? Yeah. Well, something needs to be done to coincide with that because if you go into an agreement with one of these companies, yeah? Yeah. They will take, save you, save your overall uh money coming into the house per month is 500 euro, yeah? Mm-hmm. They will take their percentage out of that before they pay any creditors or before you put a drop of milk on the table. And that's something that hasn't been, been told. This this isn't free. This is this is going to be charged per month to every person that applies for this. So if you have a loan and you're agreeing to pay a creditor back 20 euro a month, yeah. this company will take their money off off you before that and then they will decide how much they're going to you're, you're going to pay each the legal one. company or the bank into which you're entering the no, agreement no the legal company no 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 this is going to go to a company first that's that just what Nolan was saying yeah yeah and then after they have assessed what you can afford after they've taken out their percentage that's what goes to the creditors then so that's madness so it's 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 something that's hidden it's 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 yeah, a it's, trap. It's, 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 you you could be paying them like you could be paying them for every credit that you have, and it could run a bit. It could be fifty, maybe or so euro a month, and then your creditors get paid. It's not a question of I've five hundred euro. I can afford after I've paid all my bills three hundred euro to pay the creditors. The creditors don't get that three hundred euro. The so creditors you've, get you've got percentage. sort of in your. I I assume that they're going to. I understand what you're saying, but there is um, a category called savings and. Cons- contingencies. So they're going to no, assume that you'll take it out of something like that. No, you see, that's wrong. You see, that, 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 you haven't the money to do that. Yeah, I fully accept the, that. You know, they can turn around to you and say, well, after all your bills are paid and all your creditors are paid and you've paid us, you have 30 or 40 euros to live on a week, say, right? Mm. It's up to you then to decide, well, I'm going to pay, I need 40 euros this month this week for this and I need 30 for that they're not saying you have only 5 euro to pay for a mobile phone you need to work that out yourself On they're not going to be that tight on how much you have for a specific item that's up to you to decide but you have to budget the amount of money that you have per week so basically but, you will need an accounting and economics and almost a law degree to enter well, into see, that's this. what you're paying for when you go into this agreement that's what you're paying someone yeah. to do yeah do you know what I mean no I fully someone, get that yeah you're paying someone a percentage of what you earn, so the banks could be getting. If you, if you say if you didn't, say if you had someone that say was uh, employed by the government, right? Mm. And everyone that went to this 
uh, company to do this. If they were employed by the government, they wouldn't be taking any money off you for their fees. Of course. They'd waive your, their fees. So the banks would be getting more money. So your credit, your your payments would, would come, come down quicker over the years. Yeah, but you have to pay for it, of course, but you have to pay for a service in order to enter into you this do, agreement. But there, there, there should be something in there where you say, well, at, when it's coming to the end or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think a percentage of it all the way through it is a percentage that you can't even afford to give. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see why you should be, um, you know, deciding whether, well, if I don't put food on the table today, well, the That will pay for my cost. Gonna, they're taking that money regardless. You know what I mean? But do you think that this is, do you think it's dangerous? It is dangerous. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous when you have to pay money that you haven't got Mm. people under pressure and then the government are bringing out this insolvency uh, bill but they're not telling you oh by the way it's going to cost you it could cost you up to 50 euro a month to employ the to employ the person in order for you to enter into this agreement and and that's not actually that's they're taking all this into account over say five years right but if you haven't got that pressure of paying someone 50 euro a month to do this now You'd have more money to juggle around to everyone else and you'd have more money to live. This is something now that both you and Nolene from Flack have just made me aware of, that this is incumbent upon the person um, in order to get this done properly. So that is yet another expense which people just can't afford to have. And it's it's incredibly worrying. Do you think that people are going to go for bankruptcy? I, I, I think that's another. I, that, that you want to be really, you know, that's the bottom. That's the last uh, resort. I'd say it is, isn't it? It's yeah, it's absolutely. crazy but, to think about doing something yeah, like that. But, but like, if you go bankrupt, your house is gone. Like, or you're, you have a very, you know, a good chance of being if, if your house being repossessed. You know. Oh, you it's know? all. It's actually just really. But of but course, it would just, be repossessed. That's it. It would yeah, be gone. Just, just, just one other thing there, like. When you think back over the last few years, right, and you, and and the government on a, on a, on, a, on an evening decided that the only way forward was to pay the banks so much money and pay the bondholders and all that, right? Yeah. They did that, like in a couple of hours, okay. And obviously, it's had a huge impact. And and the banks are still going to want more money in the next couple of months. There's no the doubt about it, right? Infamous but, November, yes, of course. Where, why haven't the government turned around and said, right, anybody that's in a huge state we'll put money aside to deal with this and this thing about well you're getting a service you're going to have to pay for it again it's pushing it back so if you think if you think if the government we've bailed out the banks to you know Anglo to 32 billion we've got 80 billion going all over the place if you think the government got together somehow found with the Troika found 10 billion to write off a certain amount of debt you for people writing, in this country, yeah, are, are not even are, are not even writing off the debt, but servicing. Actually, yeah, actually servicing someone's debt so that they can turn around and say, "Well, if I'm paying creditors fifty euro a month, I'm only going to be paying them twenty because I'm going to give thirty of it to this company that are going to be working for me." Why can't the government say, "Right, well, let's put a huge amount of money aside for someone that wants to do this instead of taking the money off them every month?" Just to pay days off, you know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because the people don't have the money to do that. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense where you're paying someone to do to go to a bank and say, "Look, we can only afford to give you a fiver this month or a hundred." Well, say if there is, say you're going to a bank, Paul, 
and you're trying to organise this. Banks have mortgage brokers on their books, so would they not be the ones that would have to do this rather than charging you a fee? See, that's the thing. If you do that off-site, yeah. you, won't, you won't accord a fee. Do you know what I mean? See, that's what it's I'm saying. People, that's what, yeah, it's getting people to engage with, with, with their creditors, right? And then they'll be afraid then because they're going to be getting solicitors letters and that they, they, they're afraid to engage and, and that's why people probably say, oh, well, I'm not, I can't pay this one because I'm paying all them because they've sent me a solicitor's letter. Whoever barks the loudest gets paid. Well, right? I, yeah, I think that we all, we certainly know, all yeah. know that this so, is true. what this company do, will do is it will say, you, none of us will be barking, you're all getting the same. But surely if there's a hundred euro to give out, it shouldn't, you know, a percentage of it or 10% of it shouldn't go to the company that's dishing it out. Are you in a situation where you have to look at this, Bill, and and think about taking it? Yeah. That's obviously, you've been incredibly interested in looking at it as it, as it comes today. There's a message in here saying mortgage brokers are helping people renegotiate their mortgage repayments, etc. with the banks at the moment and are not charging the borrower. Yeah, that's the thing. But if we could get all the other companies to do if that. If we could get all the other companies, so is that there would be enough. If we could get all the other creditors to say, right, fair enough, but they won't. But are you, going to, are you going to engage with them, Paul? Are you going no, to engage no, with I, the insolvency? I, I, I won't be, no. You won't do it? No, no, no. So you're but, just going to try your hardest. You see, yeah, but would it, if you took the pain for three to five years, then, you know, your creditors would go, okay, we'll accept that loss. We're already we're already under rule with Germany. We don't I don't expect to be under rule by a government that don't know what they're doing either. You've been listening to a ninety eight FM podcast. Download more at ninety eight FM.com.